And hello guys, welcome to episode 43 of the Worldwide Shelves podcast. It's your host for the first time, Matt, at MattJBall98. Uh, we've been away for a while, but we're back. Not on good positivity, though. So now to our guests. First of all, we have Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Welcome back. And also to someone else who hasn't been on for a while as well, uh, the Tactical Mastermind Jesters. How are you? Wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Love that Arsenal team. Keep keep that going. <laughs> oh, it's Arteta lovely to in. see. Oh, yes, definitely. Arteta for another 20 years would be perfect. There you go. And finally, I'll come to Mr. Positivity. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, it's a good day so far. It's a little rainy out here, but, you know, can't can't be all sunshines and rainbows around here. Uh, it's going well for you. I mean, me and Josh have just gone on to tier four, so we're not exactly uh, right now. Wonderful, man. I'm real. We'll, we'll be in tier 10 by the end of the year. Uh, come on. Obviously. Boris, man, just put us in lockdown, man. What's the point of tier four? It's basically the same. It is, it is lockdown. I mean, it's lockdown without actually calling it lockdown. But we'll get straight into the Chelsea games, which hasn't been a positive thing for us either. So... We'll quickly just go on a basic overview, overview of the Everton and Wolves games and basically who do you think's at fault. So we'll start with Jesters. What do you think? Who's at fault? Uh, I don't know if injury is a thing, if you can fault injury. But uh, I think with the lack of a summer and bringing in, like I said, seven new players, has our start, our best starting lineup even been on the field at all together? So you've got uh, injuries, uh, lack of form, and players being played out of position, out of necessity. I don't know if there's anything to blame. I just think we've had a dip in form, just like every team this year has had. So I don't yeah. think there's blame. Go on, carry on. Uh, yeah, I just don't think there's something you can say, well, it's this person's fault or it's this person. It's, it's, well, everybody puts it on Frank Lampard because he's an idiot, which I don't understand where that comes from. It comes from rival fans, but it comes from our own fans. The guy has 150 IQ. That's genius level IQ. Okay, he's not dumb. It's a matter of he's doing what he has to do out of necessity. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's one of them things you can't, the last two games, you can't really pick many specific, I know there'll be specific players that people are fault in, but I think it, there's there's many things that have, together that have just caused these two results. Mike, what do you think? No, I, I think I think uh, Jester's is spot on. Um, I mean, there's really, look, man, I mean, these were very winnable games. Um, at some point, it comes down to chance, and we had a lot of chances to to put a game to put these games away. We had chances to score. We had chances to 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 score goals and and to put it away. And you know, unfortunately, it, it didn't roll our way. But yeah, absolutely, it has a lot to do with injuries leading to players playing out of position and just flat out. Um, you know, with with the the recent form we were in before these two losses. Um, you know, we we were on quite a bit of a roll, and you know that teams are going to you know get up to play against us, and 
Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that all the times, but I, I do think there is some truth to it when um, you've got a team like an Everton that doesn't really have the same success, you know, historically as a Chelsea does. And they come in and, and want to, you know, put the screws to us. Same thing, Wolves, man. I mean, Wolves got a fantastic, both of them have fantastic coaches as well. Um, and they've been making the most out of their out of their situation with Wolves and uh, the lack of Raul Jimenez. So, um, you know, you combine that with teams wanting to, you know, definitely get up to play Chelsea. They've got that. They've got that game circled on their uh, on their calendar. Um, we've we've just got to do better about putting away those chances when they are when they do present themselves. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do with the with injuries when you when you're lacking your your best player, your best creative player in Pulisic um, against Everton, and you, you've got him against you know Wolves, but yeah, I mean he he can't do it all himself. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely is a you know when this team's healthy and we get to actually see Frank's real team, like Jester's has alluded to. I think this is a different story. Yeah, I completely agree. I think. It's one of the things, if these two losses came when we have all our best players fit, that's when I start to worry a bit more. But since we've had not just one, but two injuries to key areas, you've got other players that are out of form for different reasons. And it's just a bit of a mess all that front area at the moment. Uh, finally, Josh, what do you think? Oh, the blame. You can't really give it to one person. You could say a few things like Lampard's subs and that and maybe starting lineups ain't being up there but that's also due to injuries ain't it so um yeah you could say the players performing below par i have to say i like him a lot but kai havertz being poor recently timo Werner poor you could even say ben chilwell was went off like you know what i mean the radar what he was performing at the start to now he's been poor same with edward mendy but you can't really put a big blame. We're in the bad part of the season. We've got injuries. It's just one of them parts of the season. Every team's having it. Liverpool's had it, and now it's our turn. So we just yeah. need to get out of it, right? In a good mentality, and not mm. turn out like Arsenal. <laughs> yes, ho- hopefully not. So you come on to our next subject uh, regarding Kai Havertz. Obviously, you were, as I'd call Mr. Kai Havertz in the summer. You really wanted him in the group chat yours every day is it going to happen is it yeah. not going to happen what do you think is up with Havertz at the moment obviously he's got the covid that he had and he had that quite severely compared to most people so we know that's a factor inside but what do you think is going on with Havertz form at the moment a little confidence I would say a new league he's not used to not being he's used to being the main man United Bio 4 is the main man and now he's like below that as there's better players than him. I think you just need to give him time to gel. Give him till at least April or something, man. I think we'll see his best form. Do you, do you think he should be in the starting lineup? Not for at the West moment, no. ahead of him. And they see it, Joe Hudson and Doyle's back. They need to be playing. Okay. And Jesters, what do you think? Well... I've always heard that it takes one year for a new player coming in to adjust to Premier League speed and the physicality. Apparently, depending on how much money is spent on you, you don't get that luxury of one year. 
it goes out of the window. I guess there's a, there's somebody has to send me the chart of you pay this much money, you don't get the one year to adjust. So uh, I watched Kai a lot in the Bundesliga. It's one of the other leagues I love to watch, of course, uh, because I, I am American and there's a lot of uh, young Americans in that league. Um, so I've seen him and I, I've seen what he can do. And I've seen glimpses of that. But due to, again, not able to gel with your teammates because it keeps changing. And then with, of course, COVID, uh, he just needs to get back in. He needs to have the understanding of everybody in the Premier League is strong and quick. And the things you could get away with in the Bundesliga, you cannot get away with here. So for me, I run Kai Havertz out in the left CD, uh, left uh, center mid or left attacking mid, whatever you want to call it, every week until he is he is gelled with his teammates and um, he understands how to play in this league. For one reason alone, Kovacic is brilliant until he gets into the last third and then end product is not there. Kai Havertz will give you end product if he gets enough chances. He will score. He will assist. It's there in his game. We've seen glimpses of it. So he will come good. Give him time. Okay, that's a very that's a very interesting opinion. I've, I agree in some aspects. In other aspects, I disagree a little bit. What do you think, Mike? I, um, yeah, I... I... I think you've just kind of summed up my thoughts on it, but I think really, you know, yeah, I had, I had this, this premonition when he was signed and, and looking at his build and looking at his frame. Um, he, he is a unique, uh, he's got a unique figure to him, but I also felt like, man, there's, there's, there's definitely, he's going to get beat up and he's, and unfortunately it wasn't necessarily, um, the actual physicality of the play that got to him, but I think rather COVID and, and I, and who knows what, if any real, you know, what those effects are, evidently there was something there. Um, and it does affect, you know, athletes, you know, potentially long-term. Um, but you know, to Jester's point, man, Hey, I I'm with you when it comes to, uh, his ability to create, it's his ability to crash the box, um, you know, come down right down that middle and, and get there. I understand that, you know, he loves to play in the 10 role. We haven't necessarily maybe made him available for that particular role, given our formation and given the the necessity for him to pl- potentially play out wide sometimes. But um, at the same time, um, I look at, you know, I look at a guy like, and, and I look at what we did with Pulisic to start his career. Yeah, he played a few games. He featured in a few games to start the season. And then he kind of was ghosted, right? I mean, he was basically not in the squad or making the squad and not featuring and things like that. And I think, um, I don't know if that's necessarily what we need to do here for, for Havertz in an effort to, to really get him back to, back to where we know he can be, which is, you know, featuring and even eventually starting and being a guy that can be a part of this formidable attack. Um, cause I certainly believe that that's part of Frank's long-term plan is to have him in there. Obviously you spend that money for him, um, but I think that something like that, maybe just having an opportunity to really sit down and, and watch the game and see it from that perspective. And then in a, you know, couple of weeks or whatever, like Josh said, man, maybe, 
maybe April is when we see this guy really start to ball out and, and really what we have, but maybe it's sooner. Um, because I'll, I'll tell you, um, I'm not trying to draw, well, I guess I am trying to draw the parallel between him and Pulisic when because both of them were uh, products of the Bundesliga. Both of them uh, come with some very high expectations for our, for understandable reasons with um, their wages and transfer fees and things like that. But um, I can tell you, man, I, I think looking back on it, as much as I would have loved to have seen Pulisic play, um, having that time where he was sort of just watching it from the from the stands, I think it it, it gave there was some value there because when we saw this guy start in the in the restart, there was clear it was clear, in my opinion at least, that he was the best player in the league at restart. Um, he was clearly our most valuable player at restart as well. Um, I mean, you can make the argument for Giroud, but without Pulisic, I don't, I don't think there is a Giroud um, type of uh, type of performance or performances during the restart. So maybe there's something there where we may need just to have him sit a few games and just kind of fall back into the shadows for a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that quite a bit. Um, I think just to put my two pence into it, obviously, I think with the form of Kai Havertz, it's not so simple of just putting it down to just COVID or just a lack of confidence. I think it is both very much there. And I think for me, if it if it was just uh, Havertz's lack of confidence, I completely agree with Jester's. I would just throw him in and keep playing him and keep playing him until he just grabs that confidence and runs of it. But I think just from someone who had COVID them, myself, it took me a good five, six weeks, even after I was symptomless, just to get back to a state of being able to go on runs, being able to do something physical. And I think with Kai, you can just see he's just absolutely exhausted after 10, 15 minutes. And it's not even just going into his technical ability. It's just he physically can't run that extra bit. And it shows the last two games, I feel we have just been playing with 10 players because he's just physically exhausted and can't play whatever position it is, whether it's out on the wing or in the number eight role. And I think just for that, that's why I feel maybe the best thing to do is to take him out just for the next couple of weeks, maybe let him have a little bit of a Christmas break, which he'd have in Germany, just to reboot, get that match fitness up, fully recover, and then New Year, maybe bring him back from Man City and just let him boost from there. Because I feel like, can we go through these next few games again with that 10 players? Because when no matter who you play in the Premier League, you're going to lose points by playing players that are not there at all. I think there's other... Uh, Alexander Povetkin, the boxer, he's now not fighting because he had COVID and he says he's not he's not going to be ready by February. So I think we've just got to take that into consideration with Kai and think it's not just so simple as a lack of confidence and he can play through it. Yeah, to your point, though, about Povetkin, I think he's still waiting to cycle back on steroids. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Is that just a little bit of a different matter there? Hey man, um, one, one last thing on thought on Kai. The other reason he's so valuable in that midfield is that's the only height we have in the midfield. He is it for height. Oh yeah. So uh, we we lack height across the board, 
uh, in certain positions, uh, especially if Giroux is not on the field, because I don't think Tammy's great in the air. Um, you know, Zuma's good in the air. You have Chilwell good in the air. But there, there's it, our aerial presence when certain people aren't on the pitch is, is not very good. So I think that's the other reason why he's so valuable is because he is a target in the box if a Giroux is not on the field. Yeah, again, I completely agree with that. Um, I think it's just it's a very complicated situation. I wouldn't like to be in Lampard's shoes at the moment. So I think whether he plays or not, I'm just going to let Lampard decide because um, obviously he sees him every day in training and he knows what's best. Um, now, just going on to another man that's not exactly informed, Timo Werner. Um, a lot of um, arguments in the Chelsea fan base about what's his best position, can he play out on the wing, should he go up front, should he be dropped completely. Um, so, um, Josh, what do you think? Do you think uh, of Werner's performances so far? Uh, mixed. I think recently he's been poor. But he's one of them players. He needs to score to get going. You know what I mean? Like consistently going. It was the same at Leipzig. He went out five games without a goal, and then he scored one, and then he kept scoring like every game for like fifteen games straight. And he's like one of them players. He just need to get his confidence up. And I, I, I don't agree with any of them points. He weren't really a middle striker, a lone striker, but he weren't really a winger. It was more like you know an inside forward. Yeah. Well. He had someone to play off, like Paulson. Maybe he should be like that with Giroud and maybe not fully out wide where Lampard's putting him. I have like two up front with Giroud. Giroud holding up for him. I think I'll get the best out of him at the moment, if I'm fully honest. Yeah. Uh, Jesters, what do you think? Well, it, his form comes down to a couple of things. Number one, again, watch a lot of Bundesliga. Tim, Timo Werner is... Play off the left, the, the, the shoulder of the last defender, get in behind on uh, balls over the top, and finishing in the box. He has never been somebody to carry the ball from the halfway line, dribble around a few a couple of people, and create his own shot that way. He can play off people and, and you know play a pass in and receive the ball back, but you want to do that when you're in the final third, not in the midfield. So... Um, he, he in this system, the, the system that Frank wants to play, he is a center forward striker. That is his best position. So you can get him on the on the shoulder of the back defender. Uh, Silva really is probably the only deep line playmaker we have at the moment who who consistently can put the ball over the top. Unless you're talking about a James pass from deep or a Chilwell. And we haven't seen that because he's playing deeper on defense on the wing. So, yes, there's a difference between can and should. Yes, Werner can play all three front positions. He can. And I can be a millionaire, but I'm not. He's better in the center of the park in this formation to play off somebody, unless you're going to play a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-4 and have Kai Havertz next to him. To hold the ball up and play off of. If you're not going to do that, he has to play in the center. But due to injuries, he has to play on the wing because he's the only person who can do that. And he's been played almost every minute. He has to be 
just dead tired. So I think the six-day rest, you're going to see a different Timo Werner on Monday. Yeah, I, I definitely think Timo's needed a rest over the last few games. You can just see he's, for a couple games, he just feels like he's burning out a little bit. He really hasn't had a break bar the international duty, which he, he hasn't really because he plays for Germany. Um, so, Mike, what do you think? No, his his best position is is absolutely bad. It's center forward, uh, striker right down the middle. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned with him though uh, at all. I and I think yeah, I think to Josh's point, he's a, he's a guy that definitely you know once he gets going, once he gets into a, a, a rhythm of scoring and things like that, we're gonna see we're gonna see a different Timo turn up for that matter. Um, so for me, yeah, I think that's his ideal position. That's where that's where he should play, um, you know, and and perhaps maybe have that that inside forward, such as a Giroud, um, holding it up or hell, even like Jester's just said. Even I'm not opposed to that suggestion of having Kai be that guy once Kai gets you know gets back into you know being physically fit because I think fitness is definitely playing a part to go back to him. But um, as far as Timo goes, man, I'm not worried about that guy at, at all, and I think it's yeah, I think his ideal position is is center forward striker and that's what we bought him for. And, and I understand why we have him out wide because out of necessity due to injury. But, um, it's my understanding at least that we're, we're going to have some help along the way, uh, with, with, um, some of these guys coming back from injury and things like that, such as Cho and uh, Ziesh maybe, um, in the next couple of games. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we'll get to see an opportunity of, of getting Timo down the middle and, and in the center of the of the attacking third for sure. Yeah, I think I wrote an article today which actually really suits this subject of how do, who who where who plays where um, Werner Giroud um, Tammy how we fit them all into the side and I think I agree with Jared I think f- first twist best eleven. Timo should be up top in the centre, Pulisic on the left, Ziek on the right. That's and he because Lampard wants this fluid forward line where Timo he can drift out wide, Pulisic can drift in, Ziek can move about and create space. And I actually think in the last few games of Werner, I think Giroud has actually, despite him being a good goal threat himself, I think he's actually been one player that I feel has Timo hasn't benefited off because I think. Where we could also play uh, Timo out wide is when we have Abraham, because Abraham, he, I described him more of as a, he's a bit of a bridge the gap between Werner and um, Giroud. He's got that height and physicality a bit more like Giroud, but he's mobile enough that he can drift out to the wing and then Werner can come in. I think that if Werner is to play out on the wing, I think Tammy has to be the guy in the centre, so there's a bit more fluidity in Werner isn't stuck hugging the touchline like he has been in the last two games. He can actually drift in a bit more like an inside forward. Um, and I think Giroud, as good as he's been, I think someone mentioned it in the chat. He needs. I think Giroud needs to play in short bursts um, where he comes in for two or three games. He's at his peak ability, peak match fitness, and then he just comes back out. We drop him out, drop him in, drop him out randomly. And I think that will get the best out of Giroud and probably keep him happy at least to the end of the season. Because I think 
he'll go in the summer, no matter what. I think he'll go somewhere else, whether that's Italy, back to France. I don't. I think he could go in January, depending on how he thinks. But I think he's played enough so for him to stay at least to the summer. But I think we need to focus our game around Timo and Tammy because they are the future. Um, so we'll go on to the next topic and I'll start off with Jester's on this because this was a particular topic he wanted to speak about. It's the toxicity of our fan base, especially over the last week and how reactionary it's been. Obviously, we go from last week, everyone was, we're going to win the league, we're going to win the Champions League, blah 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 We have two losses and now suddenly it's Lampard out. We're going to finish mid-table. This team ain't it. So, Jesters, what do you think? But I, Also, I just want to follow up real quick on this last point. And it's yeah. the first two points are actually combined. Because if you put Timo in, in the middle and you have Polisic and Ziyech on the wings, that will open space for Kai Havertz in the middle of the park to move in and, and to create in. And we're not getting those pockets of space because we don't have that lineup right now. So, well, let's move on. To, and, and But both of those uh, gentlemen that we spoke about, Havertz and, and Werner, have been getting stick the last couple of weeks uh, because I don't know if our fan base thinks that this is FIFA, that if you can get – see, I, I play with Chelsea and FIFA, and – I play professional on professional settings, and right now in November, Timo has 22 goals and Havertz has 20. Okay, do I think I'm going to expect that in real life? No, that is not how this works. So, give people time to bet in with their teammates. Like I said, you haven't even seen everybody play together yet. So, how can you become a cohesive team? with not everybody on the pitch. And what makes it worse worse is it seems like if you're English, you get even more of it. So if Tammy makes a mistake, oh, he's, he's, he's utter a joke. Mason Mount, why is he playing every game? Frank Lampard, he's an idiot. Get him out of the club. Why is it that if they're English, they get it worse? So I, I don't get that. If you support the badge, Anybody that's on that pitch, number one, they're, when they're on the pitch for Chelsea, everybody is Chelsea. Nobody's American. Nobody's English. Nobody's German. They're Chelsea. And uh, I'm going to throw this in to address this because I don't know if it's in the fan base, but because it's a big fan base, there's obvious, obviously there is some of it. There also is only one color, and that's blue. That's it. When I see... Players on the pitch, I don't say, oh, well, there should be more of insert race of these people playing. No, they're all blue. They're all Chelsea. They all have the badge on their chest. So you, if you're going to support them when they win, you support them when they lose. And if you're just going to be there when they win, you're not a Chelsea fan, go support Arsenal. Because guess what? You can you can always be upset because they're always going to lose this season. So that might be a better place for you to go support. Yeah, I think um, as the minute I the uh, Chelsea v Wolves game finished, I put in the Twitter chat, I was like, 
I'm muting the notifications for Twitter because it's going to go off and it's not going to go off in the way I like to see it. I think uh, particularly with Tammy, I've seen, noticed Tammy played very well for a spell of five to six games and everyone was going on about how he's the next, he's going to become the next big thing. He's really good. And then he made one game, it was one game where he just made a few mistakes, missed a few chances. And then everyone was like, oh, it's the same old Tammy. It's fucking useless. And I think, Mount, he's always had it, so I'm not surprised. There's always just a Mount agenda against particularly, and then there's just the normal people who just think he's okay, good. But um, I think we just need to take a reality check on Twitter. There's so many people that I think, I don't know whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just clout, but it's just so much hate, and it's just pathetic, some of it. And even there's some that go the other way that are just it's the whole trust the process no matter what i was in a different chelsea group chat and i just mentioned about how if we don't win a trophy this season or at least challenge for the title this season's a failure and then i got that person messaged me back and said are you even a real fan it's like i'm not a real fan because i got an expectation for this club and then the funniest part about it is he had the exactly same expectation for me, but it was just the fact that I called the season a failure if it doesn't get met. That was his problem. And I just don't understand the logic of some people at the moment. Um, Josh, what do you think? Um, it's just all trolls, ain't it? Like, I'm going to actually call out of the accounts. Uh, CFC Prague and all them, like, they just... I don't even think they're fans of the club. They just call it out and make jokes about players and like just send them death threats and that it's just I don't know man like our fan base is just a mess on Twitter that's why I hardly touch it anymore you hardly you will hardly see me on Twitter because it's just full of negativity even if we win there's negatives never negative comments and that man it doesn't matter what the result is there'll still be a negative out of it from our fan base even if I don't even follow these accounts, I'll get retweeted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a lot of just people just trolling. I, I get, I don't block people because I just don't see the point of it. But recently, I've just got to the point. I'm just like, I'm not even going to bother talking, to, like even interacting with these people at all because it's just pathetic. Mike, you're a man of a lot of positivity. What do you think on this situation? I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of. Um... I mean, it's obviously the the more serious shit, like the racism and the nationalism, for that matter. Uh, and then there's people out there that you're just beyond the very similar mindset that are beyond any rational thought. And these are the idiots out there that are that have got an agenda, right? That are just so hell bent on this is my point, this is what I'm going to do. That I'm going to highlight every time that I'm right. Um, and and these guys have their own podcast as well. Um, and they're not fans, man. I mean, they are, they're there for, and uh, you've already said it, they're there for clout. They're there for clicks. They're there for interactions. Um, so to me, it, I, I look at it like this. I, you know, I mean, I've been blocked by some of them, um, uh, because I, I will, I will challenge that mentality because I think that that's just, the, that's a loser mentality. It's a, it's the same to your, to your point, it's the same kind of mentality of, uh, if we're not challenging for our title and we're not winning any trophies, then it, it's a failure this year. It's a failure every year, for that matter. I don't give a shit if we got 
all academy players playing. I don't care if we have guys that are just promoted from the Champions League. If we're not challenging for a title and you're not winning trophies, it's a fucking failure. And that's what, I mean, that's the end of it. Full stop. That being said, I, I will say that um, this season, this is, you know, I know there's there's people in our own specific group chat that are down on it. And I will just say, man, there's a lot of game left. And this is, you're going to see anomalies out there like we did with Liverpool and in Palace today, and you're going to see one nil games like Manchester City pulled out. I'm I to me, I look at our team and I say, and I would I and I you know I try to be as objective as possible. But I looked at our squad, when healthy, of course, and I looked at the rest of the the rest of the Premier League, and I said, man, there's maybe two or three players. Um, that I would probably would want that could walk onto our team and and start right away. Outside of that, we got a fantastic team, and there's no there's no reason why we can't we can't you know turn to us and say, yeah, it sucks, man. We lost two games in a row. We should have won those games. We should have we had chances to put the game away. But at the end of the day, uh, we're sitting in seventh place, but what like five points off, seven points off of uh, first place. Um, without looking at the table here real quick. Um, so I, man, we're this game. I mean, this season is far from over. We still have ample opportunities to get it right. Um, yeah, and I misspoke. We are nine points off. So yeah, it's still same thing, man. You don't think Liverpool is going to drop points? I know they are. We just got to make up ground. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams like Manchester City and United, I think United have been riding their luck all season. They've had so many results where they've gone one, two nil down, and then they've got a few penalties or they've got a bit of luck that have just gotten back into the game. I think that defence, it's not going to improve, and I think their attacking threat will just die out in certain games, and they will start running out of luck, and they will drop points. Uh, I think it's very close in the table, so Again, like you said, Mike, I think we have to win our next couple of games. I think we have to go on a bit of a run, but I don't think it's over. I think you look at the teams that are above us, Leicester, Everton, Southampton, are they really going to stay there all season? They could, but I think you will have teams that drop off. I think even if you look at it going down below us, we're only four points behind 13th. So it's it's all so close between everyone at the moment. I think that is COVID playing a little bit of a part that everyone's kind of joined together a little bit. So I think we've just got to be a bit patient this season, look at this season and take it as what it is. I think, as I said from the summer, we were going to have a slow start. We were going to have games where we would just not be fluid, with, especially with the attack, because with bringing so many new players into the league who've never played here, never played with each other, of course they're going to have games where they're not going to be exactly 100%. So I think we've just got to give it time. And if it comes to April and we're still massively misfiring, then I'll get a bit worried. But if we're getting to April and we're smashing every team that we're facing and we just miss out on stuff, I'm not going to go, oh, Lampard's this, Lampard's that get him out, get Nagelsmann in. That's one thing that's been making me laugh. You're getting all these people on Twitter that are saying, oh, Lampard's an inexperienced manager. We should get rid of him. 
And they're the same people want Nagelsmann, who, yes, he's doing well at Leipzig, but is also an inexperienced manager. So sometimes the logic of them just make no sense. They just go for trendy managers like two years ago. They're the same people that called out Sari and wanted Lampard in because Lampard was trendy. Now Lampard's suddenly getting a little bit less trendy to everyone, and now Nagelsmann, Ten Hag, and the likes of that are all trendy. Suddenly, oh, let's have them in the club now. And then in two years' time, if we ever got Nagelsmann, he'd become untrendy and someone else on the block would come in. So I think it's just... I don't want to say fake fans because I never like to call anyone a fake fan, but it's just people who have got other agendas outside of just supporting the club that are just putting out shit that shouldn't really be on the platform, if I'm honest. Um, so the next topic to speak about is just the the formation, the tactics over the last two games and how the injuries have changed and tweaked the system a little bit in a positive and negative way. So, Justice, what do you think about the formation and tactics in the last two games? Well, I think we've, we're playing slower. I don't think the build-up play uh, is, is fast enough. And that, again, comes down to people playing out of position, uh, having Olivier Giroud, which, who is great in the box, and he is great if you can play off of him, but is... I can run faster than Olivier Giroud, and I don't run anymore, okay? So me sitting in this chair, I'm still faster than Olivier Giroud. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is, again, they haven't played together. So uh, they're not making that eye contact that says, okay, I'm about to make this run, and telepathically, you know, the guy with the ball knows, okay, over the top, he's about to make that run. That's not there yet. Um, again, you don't have somebody on, you don't have a playmaker on the wings. And our, our, we go down the sides right now to, because there's the middle. Uh, Mason can pick out a pass, and he's done so. Um, of course, Kai is not in form. Kovacic can pick, pick out a patch pass but mostly he likes to dribble the ball uh, until he can't dribble it anymore we need to get back to the one touch quick build up play over the top the stuff we're supposed to be doing and that will only happen until until we uh, that won't happen until we get health back into the team uh, you'll see Ziesh on, on the midpoint line and, and playing a diagonal pass, pass into Pulisic who, who then centers the ball into the Werner and he'll score. And it'll take about 15, 20 seconds. We haven't seen that because they haven't been on the pitch together. So what Frank, Frank has had to do is play with a slower lineup, more methodical buildup going forward. And when you do that and you play against teams that are sitting back in low blocks, they get chance to get back and get in, set up and ready to go because you're not hitting them quick. When we hit somebody quick and you get that pace back into the team, the one, the one touch and go, then you will see us flourish against those low blocks because they won't have time to set up. Or we'll be dragging a center back out wide when Timo goes out, out wide and uh, a, a right back inside 
when Pulisic cuts inside or when they switch sides and everybody has to communicate in the defensive line. What you don't get is speed kills and movement also kills. So if you have speed and movement and somebody who can put the ball on a dime, which we do, we have it all over the pitch. We just have to get them there. We have to get them there and we have to get them as a cohesive union. And right now it's just, let's just make do and try to get through the game win and go to the next one until everybody's fit. And we're starting to see that in the team in the last two two games where they're just dead tired because they're being played too much. And the creativity out wide is just not there. Um, so until that happens, I think we're just going to play this slow build-up game. But it, it's got to get quicker because you're not going to beat the Liverpools and Man Cities, Man United's, Tottenham's which I really think are the teams that are going to be there in the end. I think Everton will be close, but they're going to drop away in the end because they don't have the depth. Uh, Leicester, you're already seeing it. Uh, Southampton, that's two on the bounce. So they're, they're starting to, to fall away because the, the quality and the, the, the level of the player is not there. So the teams I mentioned before, those are the teams that we're going to have to break down and beat. And you can only do that with quick accurate passing, breaking a defense down quick, pulling people out of the position, which is which is how this offense is designed to work. This formation is designed to work, is to get in this, make space, get in that space and create. And right now we don't have it. Yeah, I think I agree with you a lot of that there, really. I think Giroud, again, him playing at the moment, despite him given that goal threat in certain games, I think where we've had the injuries and it's you've got Giroud, you've got no Ziyech, no Pulisic for the Everton game. And as you said, it's slow. It's caused everything to slow down. And then we're suddenly like, well, the best option for Giroud is to cross it into the box. So that's where we've now suddenly become crossing FC. Um, and I think it's similar to how it was at the beginning of the season where, again, no Ziek, Pulisic was out at first, and then you had other injuries coming in and out of the squad. No Silva. So obviously you had the conceding of the goals, which is not here now because we've got our players. But that lack of attack and threat at the start, again, it was similar kind of things that we were seeing, bar the excessive crossing, because obviously it was Tammy Abraham and Werner playing back then. So, um, Mike, what do you think about the tactics Lampard's done in the last two games? I mean, I, I think uh, I think Josh kind of alluded to this earlier. I mean, substitutions certainly have been, and you know, a bit of a question mark on my end. Um, how how early, how late, who's coming in, things like that. Um, you know, I always I, I maintain, and I don't think that this is any by any means. This is a novel um, thought that I'm having here, or or some sort of you know epiphany in terms of oh wow. I'm going to really change the game here, but I think with the strong midfield, that's where the game is won, right? I mean, that's the, there's, in my estimation, it's, it's the, the war is fought and won right there in the midfield. If you got a strong midfield, you got three guys, four guys right there in the mid, um, and your, your midfield's not getting overrun. Um, you've got a real good shot of, of not only getting a result, but winning, uh, winning a lot of games. Um, so I think with, 
you know, with Havertz playing the way that he has, and it has been poor, um, Conte's been pretty much our, I mean, he's been our stalwart back there. I think given some of these other guys, you know, in the midfield an opportunity, namely uh, maybe just trotting Billy Gilmore out there at some point to, to have an opportunity to, to see what he can do. Because I, I know that at least with Gilmore versus Kovacic, I know he's going to take a shot on goal. I know he's going to try to make that pass. I know that those are things that he's going to, he has that kind of confidence and swagger to him that you kind of need, like what Jesters was, uh, was referring to somebody who could pick out a damn pass and, and get it over the top, get it over there. I mean, with, with Giroud playing like Jester says, I mean, it is slow because, you know, we have to, we have to play on the side and we have to cross because, you know, personnel dictates that unless we're going to have, Polisic run at a guy, take him one on one. That's not happening on the right hand side. If Polisic's on the left, and if Polisic's on the right, it's not happening on the left hand side until we get those guys back, of course, like your Ziyech and and even Cho for that matter. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a you know as far as tactics go and form and things like that. Obviously, Frank's had to do what he's had to do um, because of you know injuries and and that's just how things play out. But um, I also feel like sometimes, you know, these subs that are coming in and, and, and the times that they're coming in don't quite make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, when we know that, hey, this shit's not working, we, we should probably change it soon. And, you know, it's 10 minutes too late and we're still down 1-0 to an Everton. Or we, we go ahead of, of Wolves and we just continue to sit back and do fuck all with the ball for the, for the rest of the game. And they end up putting two on us. So, I, yeah, I think of those guys that, that we should be having a, a, at least a look at until we get a full, healthy squad. I think Billy Gilmore is a guy that I would love to see come on. And he doesn't necessarily need to start, but I'd love to see him get some minutes. Yeah, I think um, that was one thing that I noticed was just the game management from Lampard, which... It's natural for a young manager to lack game management because it is just experience of actually being in situations. I think he hasn't got... The bench has been just a bit lacking. So I think where people have gone, oh, why has he made that sub? I think it's more of a, what else can he do, really? There's only a... I look at the bench and there's only a... Especially if you're losing the game, there's only a couple of substitutions he could make. I do think that he may sometimes makes them too late and that always bizarres me a little bit but I think it's just down to Lampard not being that complete manager I think he'll learn that over time so I think it's one thing that we just have to look at wait and see and he'll just improve over time but if we've got a healthy squad and we've got players that are playing well he shouldn't we shouldn't need to be in that situation too much. We have lots of players that you can pick off of the bench and actually make better subs. Um, so obviously we've just found out Josh is got a bit of an issue. So hopefully he'll be back soon. So we'll just move while he's gone. We'll move on to the West Ham preview. Um, so apparently both Hudson-Odoi and Ziek trained on Friday. But do you realistically see either one of them in the squad for Monday. Start with Mike. I mean, if if just by training alone, 
tells me anything? No. I mean, it doesn't because obviously we had Pulisic who was training and he was healthy. Evidently, I'm not quite sure. Had a bit of an awareness to his his hamstring and was uh, was not even in the squad against Everton. So I know I don't know if that really tells us anything. Um, obviously, you'd love to have Ziyech in there, but if if it's if it's Cho, then I think he's needed. I don't know if he starts though. Um, personally, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily something that that happens. But um, I know if I'm if I'm looking at it, I I would prefer to have him in there, especially if we're going to roll out another four three three formation again. Obviously, there's um, some recent injury news here that that just came up that there could be some other issues going on with this game this game coming up, but um, potentially with Reese James being out. But yeah, I think. Um, as it pertains to Cho or Ziyech, I don't think it's a guarantee that the one start or two even feature. Yeah, um, I think it's one of them things they haven't trained a lot and they're not going to be match fit. But at the same time, they haven't been out for a while. So I feel like if we're that desperate that we need wingers on the pitch, I feel maybe one of them they'll both be on the bench but i think they've they've got to be in the round the squad i think if we're so screaming out for at least someone i think even if it's the kind of thing callum hudson adore is very fit and ready to go i know some people will say he's not good enough whatever but i think just having a winger on the pitch is what we need at the moment whether it's our fourth choice winger or our first choice winger. We need someone on the pitch. Um, Jared, what do you think? Well, uh, uh, again, I watch. I get every Premier League game, so I watch them almost all because there's nothing else on TV. <laughs> I don't want to see Giroud going up against a midfield two of Suchek. Is Suchek there? Suchek and um, Rice? Yeah, and then Tark- Tarkovsky behind that. No, sorry. The way you beat West Ham is you beat them with speed, um, because their midfield is not the fleetest of foot, and their de- you know their their whole team speed is is not to our le- our level when everybody's healthy. So this would be the game where um, I would propose even. Even if uh, a CHO and, and uh, CSH are not fit, I would put Kai Havertz on the right wing. I would put Pulisic on the left wing, and I would play Werner down the middle because I think that would cause all sorts of havoc because uh, Havertz has the pace, um, and that would, that would allow Kovacic to play in the middle if that's, where you, if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, I just anything to get some pace in a center forward position. Uh, Tammy is good, but he doesn't have. He's not there yet, and he's going to be good, but he's not there yet. So I, w- I would really look at at doing something like that to get that get Timo in the, in the middle, and just cause havoc w- uh, with with some pace. Um, I guess. We were talking earlier. There's some uh, an injury in the back five, and somebody. I guess now it's Reese James. Somebody said Zuma earlier. I'm not worried about our defense. 
not. I don't. If, if Zazuma and Rudiger has to play, I'm fine as long as Tiago's next to him. Uh, if Reese James can't play, you think Dave can't come in and do a job? Come on, we've seen that. No, he's not the offensive threat, but if he sits a little bit further back, then maybe that that allows whoever's playing down that right wing side not to have to fall th- as far back on defense, right? Because he's not going to be so so high up the pitch all the time. So, because that that's one of the things that you learn with experience is when to get up high off the pitch and when to sit back and hey, we've got this game of control. Let's let me not extend myself too much so I can hit us on the counter. Well, Dave's got that in spades, man. That's what he's got. He's got the experience. He was a captain for this team. So I believe that that's not an issue. Uh, I just I don't want to see a slow, lethargic, let West Ham get back on defense. I want a quick counterattack if we have to. But even if we have in control of the ball, one touch pass, get it in quick. Let's go. Let you know if it takes thirty shots on goal to win, you've still got to get those thirty shot shots in, right? That's an exaggeration, but you have to have those that many shots. And the more the more times you have the ball in the opponent's third, the more chance you're going to have for shots on goal, and the more goals you're going to score. That's simple math. So we need to pick up the pace going forward, no matter who play, who plays. And I think the only way you can do that is to to, to bring to put Giroud back on the bench to where you have a game changer then on the bench. Like we were saying before, we didn't have that on the bench. If he's there, you can bring him in the final, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes if you need a goal. And then you can start crossing the ball in and get the get it on his head. All right. That's what he's great for. But to play him throughout the whole game, I just think that it's it's it, you're wasting you're wasting your bench because then you have nothing to change the game off of it. Yeah, I think we do need to be a lot more fluid and a lot more faster pace. So just what you said about the injury, an article has just come out from Simon Johnson saying that it is Reese James who is the person that's got an injury. It's to his knee and he's gone for a scan today see how bad it is and they're worried that it may require surgery which apparently he's felt it for the last couple of games he's been playing through the pain and up recently friday the swelling got a lot more fluid and a lot more prominent so they are worried that it isn't if it's the way it sounds possibly at least out arsenal west ham going into Man City, Leicester, probably into February, if it's a mate, more of a major injury, which, yeah, I think Azpilicueta will do a job, but that is going to be a major blow in terms of that Ziek, um reese james partnership that we've been seeing over the last few weeks. What's your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I think um, I think it's good to have, you know, Aspie back there. Um and, but to 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 Jester's point, I mean, yeah, defense. I'm not worried about. It's nice to. It would have been nice to. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, it remains to be seen. It's very speculative at this point. Evidently, this was something that he's had in the past. Um, so it's a situation where we've just got to monitor him and see how this is going to play out. Um, but as far as 
having Dave back there, yeah, Dave's going to do a good job. And he's a guy that he's a glue guy. Um, he's a guy that I think can play multiple positions back there. And I think he, I mean, I don't, obviously he's too short to play center back, but if he needs to play on the left side, that's okay too. Um, boy, I mean, hate to keep going back to this well, but um, sure would have been nice to have had Tariq Lamptey around. Oh, don't don't mention it. <laughs> well, we've got we've got many right backs that we can count on. I mean, Livramento's playing very well. So Tariq Lamptey not being here, yeah, he's a good player, but we'll we'll bring in more right backs. It's okay. We've got right backs on a conveyor belt at the moment. The way Chelsea are going. So, uh, Jesters, what's your reaction to Reese James possibly needing knee surgery? Oh, you never want to hear that. Because anytime you you get cut open, of course they don't really do that anymore. It's more arthroscopic, and so you you know back when I was first playing sports, if you had knee, even if you had a cartilage issue, they had to cut you open. So it was a longer recovery period. You don't you don't ever want to see any one of your players have to go through a surgical procedure at all. Um, and he, you know Reese is the best young right back in the Premier League. He's the best English right back in the game. You, you could say TAA. Sorry. I haven't seen him play defense but one game this year. I mean, I've seen him get burned a lot. I think uh, he's, be- he's, you know, he's a better wing back TAA than, 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 than uh, you know, full back. But uh, Reese is, I mean, that's, it is going to hurt. Whenever you lose a player of Reese's caliber, it's never good. Uh, but we do, at least we do have the depth. And you know that Dave's going to be there putting in a shift for 90 minutes, game in, game out. You're not going to get the offensive. Um, uh, you're not going to replace Reese's offense with him. Although he's been known to score goal here and there, put in the odd cross here and there. But he will play defense. And so, first of all, defenders defend first, play offense second. So, uh, yeah, don't don't want to hear that it's Reese James because um, he's fabulous. We should take more shots on goal instead of crosses because I think he's he's got a wicked right foot. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's going to be missed. Yeah, it's just typical of our injuries, ain't it? When I feel like when at no point this season will we gonna have a healthy squad. It's just one injury. You think everyone else is back fit again? Suddenly you get three or four more. It's just very frustrating with Chelsea at the moment. So going into obviously the West Ham game, West Ham are playing very well at the moment. They're I think at the moment they're just below us in ninth. Um, so it's a real game changer in terms of do we want to lose to another top 10 team um but how do we stop west ham how do we stop them from being a threat and how do we break them down i'll go to mike first i mean we got to start on our front foot um i obviously i think if you get we got to score first um and it kind of speaks to what you know what justice was saying and 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 we got to we've got to use our quickness to get out there we've got to have a We've got to have guys out there that are, 
you know, that we're not playing slow. Obviously, if, if Dave's back there, that sort of takes away the the opportunity of having a guy shoot up the right like Reese would do. Um, we'll see. I mean, that remains to be seen. Um, I mean, for the time being, for the purposes of, you know, this type of injury, I would just assume that Reese is not going to play. Um, so, but I also think that once we get that goal, we cannot, I mean, we cannot stop. Um, we've got to, we've got to have a strong midfield. Um, I think it's, I personally, I think it's going to have to be, and this is just me here. I would, I would do Conte. I would do Kovacic or not Kovacic, but I would do Gilmore and then I would do Mount, um, and just press the hell out of them and then have, you know, Conte playing back there. If you want to have Kai back there too, or if you want to have Kai playing out on the right, I've got no problems with that. Um, but we've got to press the hell out of them. Um, just pin them back, get another goal. We, if we're up two nil, I think this game's a wrap. I don't see them coming back. I don't care if we've, if, uh, Antonio is going to have another masterclass or whatever, every, like he always seems to turn up against Chelsea. But, um, I think if we score first, put them on their back foot, I think the game, I think the game really plays in our favor. If we don't score first, it becomes a bit of a challenge, but to, to Jester's point, if we do have a, a Giroud that's going to be on our, on our bench, hell we can bring them in 65th, 70th minute here to get, you know, get a couple of goals. I think we can win this game. This is a very, I mean, yeah, it's a top 10 team, but let's be fair here. This is a below top 10 type of squad that they have. Yeah. They've got some nice little players, you know, that we'd love to have on our team, such as Declan Rice, but this is this their season right now is a mirage. I don't see them finishing uh, above, you know, above eighth place in this league. Fair points, fair points. And uh, I know, obviously, uh, Jester's kind of uh, gave his insight into a little bit into how we stop West Ham. But is there anything else you'd like to add into how we stop West Ham and who are their danger men? Well, they're they're. I expect them to sit back and hit us on the break. I don't see any other way they're going to, I guess, uh, Mikel Antonio is back. He, I know he's been out injured. So I'm a, I'm going to go under the assumption that he's going to be playing a uh, striker for them. Uh, so they're going to pump up the ball to him. Uh, the other danger man, uh, he's in my premier league, uh, fantasy team is, uh, Bowen. Uh, he, he's fairly decent. Um, Pablo, uh, Pablo Fernals. Every time I see him, he just wastes the ball, so I'm not really worried about him. But set pieces are going to be an issue because they have a lot of height in their team. Uh, Sue Check likes to score from uh, uh, set pieces. Uh, Rice can do the same thing, and they've got uh, Tarkovsky, and I can't remember the other other pairing on uh, at center back. But he's also very tall and physical, so we need to watch set pieces uh we need to watch for uh breaks to make sure uh, the back the, you know especially chillwell needs to make sure that he's doesn't extend himself too far forward and ha- and has his uh flank covered either via communication with conte or getting back himself because bowen can can hit you on the break down the side um but uh yeah i think it comes i think that it, it's more likely they score off us doing, making a mistake than breaking our defense down from open play. So 
We need to minimize the mistakes. Hit them first, hit them hard. And once we get that first goal in, we need to go for a second and third. So once you do that, you take all you take their heart from them. You want to take their heart and soul from them. And that's what we haven't seen. You get the first, you go get the second, and you'll go get the third, and you just rub it in their faces. That's what needs to be done every game. You got to look to get on the front first, front front f- foot first, and then defend. You know, get 60 minutes. We've, we're we're two three up. Get all the players that you're worried about injuries. Get them off the pitch. Bring on. You know, I, this is what I would do. Get up. Bring in Emerson to play left wing. So you have Chilwell and Emerson playing on the wings because you don't after at that point you don't need any offense. Bring Giroud in to play in the, play in the center, and so you have two left foots on the left hand side pinging in balls to him, and then play the game out. That's the way you rotate and rest your squad. Even though we're not, I don't. No, after West Ham when our next game is. I think it's the weekend with Arsenal, it's, isn't it? Yeah, Boxing Day against Arsenal. So we've got, so what? We, yeah, four five, or five days. days. Yeah, so rest should not be an issue. Injuries always are because uh, muscle injuries are the theme of 2020. Yeah, I think um, just from why I think with West Ham, the way they've been playing at the moment, I think... They've been playing three five two, um, and I think the two areas that we need to expose is one, Masuaku on the left wing back. I don't think personally he's good enough. I think he's someone that really well, the Reese James injury kind of frustrates that because we'd normally have him bombing on forward and pinning back Masuaku. But Aspi's going to have to do a job, and whoever's on that right wing just to really pin down, take out Masuaku out the game. And then, surprisingly, it's actually the midfield of Rice and Suchet because they're both very good, but they're not the most um, physical. They run around a lot, but they can get caught out of position. Now, normally, the way they solve this is Balbuena comes from out of the centre-back into that kind of defensive midfield role, and they revert to a back four. But I think trying to expose that Rice, Suchet, Balbuena partnership i think that's the way we to go i think we need to do that we need to be fluid we need to be fast flowing attacking football not the crossing that we've done over the last few weeks because if we just try and cross into Giroud, i don't care how good Giroud is you're not going to score headed goals crosses with this west ham team because there's so much height and they've got three at the back they'll pack in they'll be tight so we just you need to play a bit more fast fluid, even if you let them have the ball come on us a little bit and then press on the counter attack fast fluid. I think that's the way you beat West Ham for this. And just to make the point about Antonio, he's actually just signed a new contract with West Ham. So he'd be very hyped to be back in the starting lineup and playing against his favourite team that he likes to score against. So we'll have to watch out for Antonio as we do every week. But Andreas Christensen hopefully won't be playing, so he won't get spun this time round, unlike last game. So, going into what you think your starting lineups, what would you play in terms of starting lineup if you were the manager, Mike, for West Ham? Yeah, it's uh, assuming that Reese is unavailable. It's um, it's Dave on the right, 
Zuma, Silva, Mindy in goal, Chilwell on the left. Conte, I'm going to go with Billy Gilmore uh, because I'd love to see that dude get some minutes. I think there's, you know, I I mean, I'll say it, I, I like that dude. Um, Mount, and um, I'm going to have Pulisic, Werner in the middle, and and probably Havertz on the right. Um, if, if Cho's available, I probably would start him. And then I probably would, I would sub in, uh, sub in Mount uh, for Kai later on in the game, just so that he can get some minutes or, you know, something to that effect. But that would be, that would be my starting team. Fair enough. Uh, and Jesters, what do you think? What would be your starting lineup? Well, I, Again, I'm going to go the, uh, under the assumption that everybody that we've talked about with injuries will not play. So that's James, Ziyech, and, and Cho. That's my assumption going in. So, uh, again, I got the same back five. Uh, my midfield would be uh, Conte, Mount, and Kovacic. I would put Havertz on the right wing. I would put Werner down the middle. And I would put Pulisic on the left wing i however i believe frank will put uh tammy down the middle Werner on the left wing and polisic on the right wing i think that's how we all set up i think i'm very similar to you i think if there is a chance for ziek or cho to play i think for me one of them starts on the right you have Werner in the middle and polisic on the left if None of them can play. I think you kind of, by default, you have to put someone like Havertz on the right. I think Giroud can't play for this game. I think, yes, you could put Tammy on the middle and Werner on the right. But again, I think Werner, two wingers and Werner is going to create that most fluid forward line at most pace. I think that's the way we've got to go forward against West Ham. And going back to Mike's... um, comment on Billy Gilmore. I would play Billy because I trust him more than most players at the moment. The only issue is I think, again, the height game, Billy isn't the most tallest player ever in our in our team, I think. I'd actually save Billy for the relegation fodder Arsenal on Boxing Day. I think he would do wonders against that weak Arsenal midfield and he'd look like a man the match player once again at probably his easiest man the match performance. <laughs> he'd bully the hell out of him. Imagine Sabios, El Nenny, uh, whoever else plays. Though Partey may be back, so you just put him in his pocket, it'd be nice. But um so what's your prediction for the game against West Ham? Start with you, Jesters. Am I correct this is this is at Stanford Bridge? Yes, Stanford Bridge, yeah. I hope so, because we've been away twice in a row, so... Well, there won't be any fans in this stadium, so... You know, it's kind of a neutral field then. Um, you know what? I'm going to get back on the clean sheet uh, bandwagon. Where I'm going 2-0, Chelsea. Nice, nice. It is, it is at home, just to confirm, so... It'd be nice to play at Stamford Bridge to fight despite there being no fans. Um, Mike, what do you think the score will be? Damn, I, he took the he took the prediction right out of me. I'm gonna go three nil. Then uh, we're gonna get a Werner uh, brace 
with the Kai Havertz crash. So we're gonna have we'll have the the ultimate German uh, auto machine going. I'd I'd love nothing more than Ziek. Uh, sorry, Ziek. Um, Havertz and Werner to get goals and confidence from this match. For me, I'm gonna be a bit more. I th- I think we will win. I think it'll be two one. I just see. West Ham getting a goal from a corner because they are just so physically tall that Suchek always, the last few, since he's come to West Ham, he's always been very good against us, especially in the air at corners. So I think Suchek will get one, but I think it will be a consolation after Chelsea running right in the first half. Hopefully, again, I say Werner and um, Havertz could get goals, but I think Pulisic could get one, definitely, and maybe Werner gets a second. Um, so just now moving on to just uh, news outside of the games itself. First, we'll um, react to the Champions League draw. Um, obviously, we got Atletico Madrid. Kind of wish we didn't actually win the uh, bloody group now because we would have just got Borussia Dortmund, who are bang average at the moment. All I can say is UEFA, how much do we have to pay you to actually get a good draw like Man City now? Because it's getting beyond the joke now how many good teams we're getting in the round of 16. Mike, what do you think? I mean, here's my thing. Yeah, they. I think well, Atletico was in the same group with Bayern, so there was pretty much they weren't going to be finishing first out of that group. Um, I'm honestly not worried about them. You know, I, I this, you know, this Atletico team reminds me of the way that United plays, you know, they'll look to get cheap fouls. They'll look to, they'll look to foul. They'll look to do stupid things that that's just the way that they play. And they, you know, they'll, they're a tough gritty team in that respect. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not worried about these guys at all. Yeah. They've got some solid players. Suarez, Jimenez, um, Jao Felix. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, they they don't scare me. There there's nothing about this team that I, I look at and go, oh man, I, woe is me. At the end of the day, if you want to be in the conversation to to be considered the winner of this tournament, you're gonna have to play somebody at some point. You know, it just so happens that our card gets pulled a little bit earlier than other teams. So, um, yeah, I um, would have loved nothing more than to play a an easy team and play easy teams for the rest of the rest of the tournament. It, unfortunately that eventually does not come to fruition because you're going to play somebody that's just as talented and just as good. And it's going to come down to chance. Um, so we, we've got to play our game. We just got to, we got to execute better other team. Simple as that. I mean, as, as, as obvious as that sounds when I say it, it's, that's the truth of the matter. And I still don't, I'm not wavering off of what I said. I think on our best day, we can beat any of these teams that are in the tournament. And we just got to turn up. Yeah, I think that's a very positive response. I think I, I'm kind of in a similar argument as you. I think Chelsea have got to be a team that we're in this. Co- we're not in this competition just to take part. We're in it to win it. And to win it, you need to play the best teams in the in Europe. And I think we have got it early and I think it, it just would uh, for me. It just would be nice to have a just a Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, they're a good team, but you don't have to worry as much in terms of 
get uh, getting the result. And I think the problem is it. I looked further ahead into the schedule, and before and after both legs of the Champions League, we've got Liverpool and Manchester United. So it's not like we've got easy games where we can rest in the Premier League for Atletico. We've got hard games once again. We're going to have a February that's going to be insane, which yeah. frustrates me all the time. I look at, but I also look at that as, hey, I mean, I'm glad we're playing teams like that, though, honestly, because I look at this as, hey, I mean, yeah, it's nice to have that rest and things like that, but at the same time, like I, I want our guys ready to 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 whip some ass, and I think that you know, iron sharpens iron. So if we're playing those good teams before we get to face Atletico and we're and we're rolling, good luck, Atletico. Bring your lunch, man, because it's going to take you all day to beat us. Uh, I do love you, Mike, for your positivity. Your positivity always gives me a smile on my face. So, Jesters, what do you think about drawing Atletico? Not particularly worried, especially since we're not playing till February. This is not going to be the same team that we see today. Okay, it's another month of football that we have in, in, in the bag. If we have our health, if we have our health, I'm not worried about playing any team in the world. I don't care. Bring on the German national team. Bring on the English national team. I don't care. If we are healthy on our day, there is nobody who can beat us. Nope, I don't care. Bring up uh, uh, Arsenal's uh, so-called uh, invincibles. Bring up Man U's best uh, teams from the past. I don't, I don't care. If this team is together and if ha- and puts a run of uh, games together in January and everybody's healthy, watch out. It's going to be art. That's what I'm going to say. It's going to be art on the field because nobody's going to be able to even sniff us. It's we're going to be so far out in front, it's going to be unbelievable. So that, I'm just hoping that we can have the health so that we don't go, well, we would have done if everybody was healthy. I don't want to keep saying that. Right? At some point in time, whether they're healthy or not, you have to do the job. You just have to come correct. Yeah, I think one thing I'd like to see, I, obviously I don't like to wish injury on any players, but it would just be nice if Suarez got a little niggle and it meant Costa would Diego Costa would come in and come back and we'd be able to play against Diego Costa. I'd really like just just for the point of welcoming Diego back to the club. We'd just love to see him play again. I know he's not as good as he was for us. He's getting on a little bit, but it'd just be nice to see. I think this game's gonna be a very tactical affair. you know everyone knows how Simeone plays, I think. Despite losing Partey, they're still a good team. Uh, it's one of them things where maybe a flip, our kind of team suits the way they play in terms of they can counter us. But I think, as you said, if we have a fully fit squad, healthy, on form, I think we could bar. Prob- I think even Bayern Munich, we could, we could have, we could at least get on their level. But let's just hope that we have a fully fit squad by then, and that everyone's up to track. Um, just going on to some transfer rumours that are uh, coming out in the last few week, few days. There was some strange 
Declan Rice rumours. Now, apparently, he's now got a new agent, which is his dad, which a lot of Chelsea fans were getting hyped up because his dad's apparently a season ticket holder at Chelsea and has been for years, which everyone was like, oh, he's definitely coming to Chelsea now. It's set up for us. Until yesterday, ex-West Ham United employee who is very connected sources at West Ham gets a lot of things right come out and said well it's, it's fake news yes his father is his agent but he's, he hasn't had a season ticket at Chelsea for years hasn't gone to watch Chelsea in years and apparently it's just a handover he's looking after Declan for now for a new agent to come in soon so uh, kind of I think Chelsea fans clutching at straws a little bit um, but it comes in with Ampadu playing quite poor at the moment, apparently at Sheffield United. A lot of Sheffield United fans are not exactly the, saying the kindest words on Ampadu at the moment. And obviously Billy's getting coming back into squad and can play that role. What do you think about Rice? Do you think we need Declan Rice at the moment in this team? I'll start with Mike. Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, I don't know necessarily it's a it's a pressing need, but I also think it's a it's a need when you want to bolster your your midfield um, and having a guy like that. And you look at all of the the best Chelsea teams, especially in recent memory, you had squad depth throughout the entire throughout the entire team. And you had you had world class players, you had players that had won on multiple different stages and things like that throughout their careers. So having, and granted, Declan Rice hasn't been that guy, but certainly he's got the talent, he's got the skills. I mean, what, he's 21, 22 years old at this time. He's already made captain of this team. Um, so he's definitely carrying himself as a as a true professional. His game speaks for itself on the pitch. Um, so having somebody like that um, to come and help spell Conte if Conte gets injured or just coming in to help assist and play in that in you know in a back in, in, to hell even play in center back if if necessary i don't you know having a guy like that having that flexibility i think is is super necessary especially when you're talking bolstering your midfield um yeah sure billy is a fantastic player and you know i, I like him a lot but if he can't beat out rice or vice versa if rice can't beat out billy but we have some we have those guys to turn to it's not a bad thing, and I don't care what his price tag is. You know, we get caught up in that wage thing too much. It's not my money. Don't care. I mean, if the guy's going to play and he's going to play for us, I support it one hundred percent. And I think he's a fantastic player. So, yeah, go get him. Yeah, what do you think on Ampadu's form at the moment? Are you worried? Not at all. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, I mean, sure. I mean, there's probably some something to to do with him, you know, in his situation. But I mean, that, that's a bad team that he's playing with. Um, so how much is it him, you know, just being in a poor situation, I mean, and just really not feeling it. Um, it appears here in hindsight, we did the man a disservice. Uh, obviously he wanted to get minutes somewhere. It's, <laughs> I don't think it's a, uh, and you know, everybody looked at, you know, Ruben Loftus cheek going over to Fulham thinking, Oh man, we, we did that man in the service, but hell he seems to be doing all right at this time. So um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's playing on a piss poor team that can't find a way to, 
to score goals, you know, or, or even win a match for that matter, much less get a draw. So um, I think a lot of it just has to do with his um, his situation with that current team. I think if you put him in a put him on a different team, I think he we see it uh, we see a better player. Um, so, but you're asking me who I'd rather have him or him or Rice. I'm I'm taking Rice every day. Yeah, uh, Jesters, what do you think on the whole Rice situation and Purdue and then Billy Gamal? Uh, I think that we'll definitely look at Rice this summer. I don't know if it's going to happen in January. It's such a short window and you have to overpay to, to get the player you want. Uh, but Lucante is going to be 30 if he's not already. I think he's only 29 right now. I think so. Not getting any, he, he's not getting any younger. So we need to start looking at his uh, successor. And one thing that Declan Rice brings over, Billy Gilmore and Golukante, whoever you, else you think that we need to put back there, is height and physicality. He has that in spades. And I think, he's, I think uh, his vision and passing of the ball is, is, is underrated. Um, he'd run through a brick wall if you asked him to, which is great. But uh, I think he's, he, you know, he's one for the future. Um, as far as Ampadu, I, I'm not worried about Ampadu because I'm guessing I'm in the minority. I never thought he was good enough to ever play for Chelsea. I, I've, I've never seen a game where he's played. I'm going, I got to have that guy on my team. I've not seen that. And even at that age, you'll see a flash in a game going, okay, okay, now I understand. I haven't seen that. So I don't think Ampadu's ever going to get into Chelsea's first team. Uh, we have better center backs in the pipeline than him. And apparently that's where we think he, his best position is, center back. I don't think he's built for it physically. Uh, CDM, haven't seen anything, man. You, you, gotta, you have to show me something. Just because you came through our academy doesn't mean that you're you've got to play the first you know you got to play for us. There's there's tons of players that came through Chelsea's academy. A lot of them, ten times as good as Ampadu, that never saw for you know our our first team football or barely any, and got sold. Uh, Mo Salah, anybody ever heard of him? Uh, there's a, there's a there's a big old guy down in uh uh enter uh, you know no yeah from Lukaku anybody yeah I so him. <laughs> so you know I it's that's the other criticism I have of uh, of our fan base is oh well he came through our academy he's the best player no not every player who comes through our academy is the best player. Or is going to do bits for us. Not going to happen. It's just statistically it can't happen. Right? You can't have all the best players in the world come through one academy. There's just too much money around right now. So, you know, just understand it. He'll be a very good professional. But it might not ever rise to the tier of Chelsea Football Club. And we should have high standards for anybody who wants to play for us. So... Um, Billy Gilmore, I think is a, a better passer than ever, 
than all of them, than Conte, than Rice. I think he's got a better, he's more like Cesc Fabregas. Um, and that's why I think he's been kind of been subbed into uh, a, a sub for Mason more than Conte. Even though he can play both positions, I think that uh, you'll see him as a sub for both Conte and Mount because and can play a ball over the top, which we've sorely missed. But uh, no, I, I, with, with what I've seen in our academy, I don't see Amp, how Ampadu ever even makes our squad. So, Yeah, I think for me, Declan Rice, he ticks all the boxes for us. It's just the price tag for me, I feel like. At this moment, with there being other positions that you could question that we would need reinforcements in, do we pay... Eighty million pounds for someone that, right now, I know Kante is getting on. He's thirty in March, so he is getting on. He will start dropping out soon. But do we pay eighty million in January for someone that is going to probably sit on the bench or rotate? I think. Hopefully, we can get the price down. But I think the way West Ham are playing, the only way we'd get the price down is if he goes. If he calls for a move and goes on strike and that which I don't see him doing because I think he respects West Ham too much for it so I think this will be a summer thing maybe even going into the summer after I think it's going to be a long term deal that we eventually get but we've got to wait for it I think in terms of Ampadu I've always had question marks of Ampadu I think as you said the height physicality where would he fit in and it's actually a funny thing He, everyone says about how he come from our academy. He's an academy boy. We should play him. He's going to be the next big thing. He actually didn't come from our academy. He was in Exeter's academy, and we bought him at 17. And then he did go into development squad and then went out on loan. But, so he actually isn't an academy boy, but he gets the same treatment as some of the other academy boys. I think he's had two loans where he needs... For me, he needed to prove himself and show me something... But because he's maybe we have we have given him loans that hasn't been the best for him, but he he needs to show me something. I look at Conor Gallagher for example. Yes, West West Brom. I'd probably say that's just as bad a loan as Sheffield United would have been. But Conor Gallagher is showing his worth tenfold of Ampadu at the moment. And in my opinion, next season going into the summer, why not give Conor Gallagher a chance in this team? Because he's actually showing he can get goals from the midfield, which we do lack. And he's just something different. I think Billy's the same. Billy's 17. He's younger than Ampadu. And he's, he's showing a lot more, quite frankly. He's showing more in terms of when he's got his opportunity at Chelsea. Um, he's just showing more ability, not even just flashes. He's having games where he's just supreme. So I, I, I think Billy's got a lot more time than Ampadu as well. He can go out alone if he wants. And I think I trust him to go to any club and do well when he gets the game time. But Ampadu, I just, I just see him. I think this season was a big season for him. If he, if he doesn't finish it well, I can see him just fizzling, fizzling out into the lone army and, We'd never see him play another game at Chelsea because I don't think he'll fit at centre-back, especially when you've got Saar and Bayamba's now starting to come back from his injuries in the development squad now. 
You've got Mark Gouet, who's playing really well at Swansea at the moment. I just don't see where he fits in at all, I think. It's one of them players that I'd probably say the best game I've seen in players for Wales. He seems to do it a lot more on international duty than does for club football, so I'm not really sure on that. Um, going into another question that um, Jesters was uh, asking to put into the pod, um, what from this team are we actually missing to go on a title run this season? Mike, what do you think? Um, maybe a fourth-choice winger. Yeah. Uh, any? Who would you, if you were to pick a fourth choice winger to buy, who would you get? Oh, I think Mike's cut out. So, just until Mike comes back, uh, Jester, did you want to answer it for us? Yeah. Um, I do think we need uh, another winger. I know that I saw a particular YouTuber. Won't miss it. Men- mention any names i think that uh that maybe charlie masanda is that answer i i don't know what the question is but it's not a smart one if he's the answer uh i know he's had a lot of energy uh injuries but uh yeah no and i pose this question i know everybody says eh but you could do a deal this january to ship marcus alonzo to enter and bring back Ivan Perisic. Yes, he's 31. But I believe he won the Bundesliga last year. And the, the champion. And the Champions League. And he brings something we don't have. A left foot off the left side. So, you know he's going to do a job. You know he'll be fine getting 30 minutes a game with the odd start. And, and you know what you get. A professional. And I think when you're bringing people off the bench, there's two two types of players you want to bring off the bench. A young player that you're trying to get more involved in the team and give those minutes to see what he's all about and see what he can do. And a seasoned pro where you know when you put him out there, at the very least, he's not going to cost you a game. So that, that's why I would say Ivan Perisic uh there's plenty of wingers out there you could probably get i know people are talking about david Nerez, but i don't like his attitude i've seen him in games and he just seems that that there's some attitude with him that i don't particularly want to see in the team uh you know if he's not getting his minutes he's gonna be a disruption i you don't want that off a fourth fourth choice winger or third choice winger because i think parasitch would come on the field before cho would um, but you've got to find if you if you're talking about titles, you want somebody who's been there, done that. You don't want to bring in a, another young player who you've had to teach to get to that level. You want that person to already be there. So that that would be my shout. I know people are weary, but sorry, guys. Guys got uh, he's got silverware. In his cabinet, so that's that's what that's what I'm all about. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an outside of the uh, ball shout. 
Um, but I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too disappointed with Perisic coming in as a four, third, fourth choice option. I think um, Mike obviously he's had technical difficulties also, but he has texted me who he want who he would bring in. He would like to see Olivier Giroud uh, taken out and swapped with Papu Gomez of Atalanta. What would you think of that, Jared? Well, I, I did I did read something that he he's he's going to be gone in January. I've never seen him play, so I can't I can't speak on how he plays. Again, we need another winger because that's where we've been hit with injuries. Uh, and are you gonna, you know, we've got young wingers except for Ziyech. So, yeah, I mean that's fine if uh, if you can bring him in, and he's gonna be okay not starting. I think that was kind of, I don't know if that was the dust up he had with the manager. I, you know, I was just reading quick, quick blurbs on it. Of course, that's all you're going to get on Twitter. But, uh, you know, he's already had a run in with one manager. Do you want to bring that in and him not starting every game? That would be my only concern because I haven't seen him play. So I don't know how he is on the ball. Yeah, I think, um, that's always something Lampard likes to consider in his team is the mentality of players. He's always picking players that seem to have good mentalities. I think that is a situation that you look at. I think, yes, he's a good player playing for Atalanta, but I think it's one of them things like, as you said, Perisic, he's coming to that end of his career. He wouldn't mind not playing every game. And I think another player that's slightly a bit younger than Perisic, but I think, again, he's one of the players. He's a good player, but would be happy to not be starting every week. And that's Steven Burgess from Feyenoord. 29 years old, does a good job, can uh, beat a man, which is something we do lack at times when Pulisic's not playing. I think he's one of the players, he will, will come from the Dutch league at 29 years old, not really expecting to get into the first team. He won't be too expensive. And it just it might just plug a hole that... Again, it will be a fairly cheap, kind of like a Mendy signing that we could really pro, uh, get do well out of. I think it's not one of the things where we need to spend 60, 70 million. Like someone um, was saying to me about getting Samuel Chukwueze in. I was like, well, first of all, he's got a 60 million pound release clause. Secondly, yes, he can beat a man. But as soon as he beats the man, he's got a finishing ability that's just non-existent. So... For me, it's a no. It's a definite no at the moment for him. No, no yeah. If you're bringing somebody off the bench, you're bringing them on for a specific reason. And you, if you're, you're if you're, if you're, if you're saying title aspirations, that's whether it's in the Champions League or if it's in the Premier League, you want somebody who's been there. And and hey, when they're on the pitch, you know that person's going to do do bits. At the very least, they're not going to cost you. They're going to play the way you want them to play and do what you ask of them. And, and, and so to me, that's, you know, even if, you know, I hate to bring this up, but even when I'm creating my teams on FIFA, I'm looking at who can I bring in? That's not going to rock the boat, but get do, do bits in a spot start. You know, I look at those things as a manager in, in, in a video game, you know, that, 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 uh, the Frank, that Frank and the brain trust there at Chelsea are doing the same thing. 
Who can we bring in that won't rock the boat, will do a job when called upon? And if you're if that's what you're looking for, then you're looking at an older player that that's fine with, okay, you want me to come off the bench? I'm still making my same salary. Yeah. I might be able to win a uh, hardware again because they're not they're not winning anything in inner. Because uh um you're literally out of everything uh, as far as Europe. And I just don't see him winning, winning uh, the Scudetto uh, with that team because it's Lukaku or nobody right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why that's, that was my shout because I think he's terrific professional, and that's what you want to bring off the bench. And I would keep Giroud because you know – he is good for a game-winning goal again this season. You know, at least one. Yeah, I think Giroud's one of them players that you need, we need to keep as long as possible. I think he will go in the summer, and I don't think that's exactly a bad point because you've got um, Amado Brozier currently on loan at Vitesse. He's doing very well, and you look at him, he's literally, in terms of build and style, Olivier Giroud point two. So right, that's a player has... that you can bring in, but we can't bring him in right now because he's one on loan and two, he needs time. So try and keep Giroud for as long as possible as a stopgap and then bring him in slowly as you go along. But I think, again, going back to the Perisic thing, it's the same with Steven Burgess. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's at Feyenoord. I think, if I'm correct, he is also captain of Feyenoord, so you're bringing in a leader to the team and someone that, again... Ajax and Cut is currently very much on top of uh, the Dutch league at the moment. They're not going to go win a European competition Feyenoord. So he'll be, again, one of them players that will come in. He's got the paycheck and come off the bench, try and do something. And he won't he won't be unhappy of playing the Chelsea team. He'll know that the likes of Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech are just naturally better. And he's not, re- if they're really out of form and he's playing absolutely amazing he may get a few starts but he's not he knows that his future isn't going to be starting every game but he knows he could win a trophy here whereas he won't win a trophy at Feyenoord or Perisic at Inter so yeah exactly yeah exactly and then the only thing I would put Paris the only reason I would put Perisic slightly above him is because he's played at a higher level and done it at a higher level right yeah so I would be I I wouldn't say no to either again um I haven't seen him play very much because I just now can get uh, the Eurodivision on TV. But, um, you know, there are some players there to watch. And I think there's one um, at PSV right now. Uh, uh, I'm going to murder his name. Iataran? Yes. Oh. Very good. I can see him as a replacement for Ziyech in the future. Coming oh, on yeah. that left foot, just smash something. Uh, but he's but he's young, and you don't want to bring another young player off the bench. Another young, we have a young winger, you know, that we yeah. said he's going to be here. So we need somebody with experience to counterbalance that. Yeah, I think you, especially when you've got this younger team, you need to have some experienced heads in the team. And I think. If you get if you trying to get a young winger in, they may look at it and go, "Well, Pulisic's better than me and younger. Callum Hudson-Odoi is 
also young, long term, where's my spot going to be if right. I'm not good enough at the moment? Right. So yeah, that, that could be the thing, for example, a Papu Gomez looks at and goes, well, I'm not going to start, so why would I go? Right. Apart he, he, from when it's the money, which you don't want to be bringing in players who just hit it for the money long term. Unless he has no other options. If, if nobody comes in for him, then, then okay, fine. That if, if we're his only outlet as an option, he'll be happy. Yeah. But I, I'm guessing uh, because uh, how Atlanta pl- at, at, at Atlanta play, I, I'm guessing that there will be plenty of teams that need to have a winger come in. I mean, I can see, I can, I can list a bunch of them in the Premier League. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of Spanish clubs looking at him as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's going to be suitors, and we don't want to... One thing you don't want to get in January is a bidding war. Because one, it takes too much time, and two, the price tag gets to where it's not it's not worth it. So, uh, I guess the only other position I would look at... Um, man... It's tough, especially in a January window. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see us. I see us too deep in every position, position except for winger. I really do, because you have Gilmore that can play Mount or Conte's position. You have Kovacic who can play Mount or, or the Havertz position. You, you know, you have Giroud and Tammy and Werner at striker. You, we're too deep at both center back positions. We're too deep at both left and right back. I don't count Alonso because he's not playing. But we have confident back starters and backups. Um, do you bring in another goalkeeper if Kepa goes? Or do you just say it's going to be Mendy and Caballero and whoever from the development squad? Well, you got Pat Check as well if he, if oh, yeah, he guess, wants to come in. Yeah, but I, I heard he had a mare in the. Yeah, he, 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 he wasn't his best game, I'd say that. Let's just say that. Yeah, um, let's, do, let's, not, let's not count on our sporting director to play goalkeeper. <laughs> oh, that, that would be a that would be a sight to see. Although but, um, I, would, I would love him to come in at Stanford Bridge when Arsenal come in and keep a clean sheet. That oh, I would that, love. That would be and, brilliant. And then Giroud at the other end, get a hat trick. I, that would make my year... <laughs> Oh, if Arsenal fans wasn't already depressed, watching yeah. this podcast would get even more depressed. Well, that would that would drive some to uh, unspeakable acts, most likely. But yeah, I think in terms of what I think, I mean, centre back, it's I think it's going to be one of the things. I think Rudiger Christensen will be recycled, will be cycled out slowly over time. So I think one of them will probably go in the summer because I don't think. I think Tomori will go out on loan. I think that'll be it in terms of the centre-backs. I think there's talks of Jimenez coming in as a future Thiago Silva replacement. But then I think, bar that, which I think, again, that's a summer signing because that will take a long time to get him out of Atletico if we want to try and negotiate down the release clause. Um, I think we've got the young boys in terms of Gouet... Um, Alang Sar, who both of them are playing very well at their loan clubs at the moment. You've got Mbai Amber and the development squad. You've got you've got enough centre backs, young centre backs to look on and go, hey, if one of them makes it, then we're sorted. 
Right. So I think it is just, I think we are at that luxury of just get the winger in January, go to the summer, and then go Rice, Jimenez, which one do you want? If not, if we can go for both, then absolutely brilliant. But we'll have to yeah. see. Yeah, I'm not a... Again, I, I would stay away from the price tag on Jimenez. Um, because we do have other options. You know, if, you, if you're going to say Zuma's going to be the guy going forward as one of them, and we're just going to switch out Tiago with somebody, you want somebody with a left foot or at least a competent left foot. And I think Tamori is going on loan to Ren in January, is what I heard. Yeah, I think it was Ren, and then I think this week there was a rumor about Leeds, which I think that's only because Koch has got injured. So Right. I would that, love that. I would love to see him at Leeds. Yeah, that would be a great... I mean, it's, it's great because it's a unique style where he can play under, and then also Leeds get attacked on all the time, so it would give him a lot of things to do. Right. So I, I think that would be a good option for him. And it'd just be in the Premier League as well, which is nice to see. Right. That you always want to see that. You always want to see uh, them performing in Premier League level. Although we have seen that with Tomori. Yeah. Already. Um, I just wonder, with, again, with his height, is he a future starter for this team? Or is. is I know Gway is just about the same height, or Gurhi. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. But I've always, when I, I've I've seen him play one game for Chelsea, I, and I want to say was it was it this summer or was it the um oh, it was the League Cup game last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, and he was. I, I saw something. I was like, okay, this, this kid's got a future with the club because he showed you that that one or two moments where you're like, okay, I understand it now. Uh, and I've seen that with Tamori, but 22 going on 23 and you have that, those positions behind, behind him. So if you're not going to bring him in as a starter, I mean, Tamori's next stint with us needs to be as a starter, not coming off the bench. Yeah. I think he, he, he should, in my opinion, if he wasn't, if he knew he wasn't going to play, he should have gone to West Ham in the summer. Oh, I think so too. Because again, you play. Uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't uh, rate David Moyes, but he's a good coach, and they play a good style. Yeah, and, he's he's a good coach for that level. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so final question before we wrap it up for today: Can Frank Lampard take us forward in the future? Yeah, that was one of my one of mine as well. I think we were both on the same wavelength today. Um, yes, I have seen enough from him to where I think that uh, you know everybody downplays. Everybody, well, he took a team from third to fourth last year. Yeah, a team without one of the greatest players to ever play in a Premier League. Okay, that might be a little bit hyperbolic, but for for Chelsea. You know where do you rate Eden Hazard in the in the in the history of Chelsea? I think he'd be pretty high up there. And to not to to lose that guy, come in with a new coach, bring in academy players, I think he did exceptionally well. And now the thing is, well, he's got all this money he spent. 
he better win it. You know, he better do bits this year. It takes time. You know, if we had a normal summer to where they, the team was together and they could play and they, they got to learn each other, how each other plays and when people, when they make runs and all, yeah, okay, your expectation would be a little higher. But this is, this is, this is the year of COVID. So we didn't have any of that. So you're doing it on the fly, plus the injuries, you know, plus everything, plus the, the condensed schedule. I think he's doing a terrific job, and I, I, I wish he'd get more respect. And I don't understand um, from my because I don't know the history of the English game well because I didn't. I growing up, I never got to watch it. But I have to think that Frank was probably one of the. You know, he's in the top 10 English mid- midfielders of all time. Am I correct on that? I'll, I'll defer to you. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely within the, within the top 10, 100%. Okay. You'd even argue top five. Okay. I would, yeah, I would argue, when I, it's always okay for me to say the greatest, one of the greatest English midfielders to ever play. Yeah. Why the disrespect, I don't understand. Now, I understand some of the rival fans because... <laughs> You know, he put them in their place. And I don't know, you know, they, they still call him Fat Frank and everything. So a guy worked his butt off, maybe worked harder than the, than the talent he had. Because that's what I've always heard. He, he worked harder than the talent that he had. You know, Gerard, Gerard had more talent, but Frank outworked it. Um. You know, I don't know if that's correct again because I never got to see them in their prime play. But uh, you know, he's smart. He's adaptable. He's a Chelsea legend. You know, let him go and see what he can do. Yeah, I think I don't understand the hate on Frank because it's it's one of them things. He is one of our greatest if not the greatest ever player that's played at Chelsea and now he's manager of your club so why would you just throw him under the bus so much it's one of them things I feel like if you're throwing a club legend under the bus so easily what are you going to do for every other manager that comes in and that would be a thing that managers look at Allegri's going to go if say if we did go for Allegri if we sacked Frank Allegri's going to go well if they were able to throw a club legend under the bus so easily, why should I take that job? And it's it's just it's just it, again it's going back to this Twitter um, toxic atmosphere. I think it's just it's just stupidity. I don't I don't want to say it's just. I know there's a contingency of foreign fans that go Lampard's English and it's all in, it's a nationality thing. Lampard has his English boys. He's racist whatsoever I, I, that I just don't even give a men- I, don't, I don't even like to give a mention to it because it's just ridiculous but I think as you said we lost Hazard and that was a big miss for us he brought in multiple youngsters who sorry for me wouldn't have brought half of them in and they would still be out on loan to the likes of Derby, Leeds etc um, and again, I think these last two games, if, if Havertz didn't have COVID, we probably would have got through him. We might not have been comfortable, but we would have just got through him. And we've had so many injuries, so many different things. I know every other team has had 
similar things. But as I said at the beginning of the season, not every team has brought in seven or eight players. Arguably, all of them coming into the first team. Most teams are exactly the same as last season. They're running exactly the same tactics, bar a few tweaks. So they've got no... The t- they don't need the time to work on stuff, whereas we're trying to fit half a squad together that's never played to each other. I think we've done well. I think my expectations for the start of the season was challenge, at least make a challenge for the title and try and get a trophy because we got to a couple of finals last season that we bottled it in the end. So I want a piece of silverware. If we don't get that, then yes, the season's a bit of failure, but that doesn't mean that I want Lampard out the door now. It does mean that we have Lampard has pressure in the next season to get it going. And if you don't get it going in that season, then you could possibly start asking questions. But you've just got to take things into perspective. I think too many fans are looking back at the old days and thinking you just got to sack every manager. There's going to be a time where if Chelsea keeps sacking managers every season, we're going to run out of good managers to hire. And I think that was the issue we started having with Sarri. We looked around and there was no other good managers available that we hadn't already pissed off. So we just started going for average ones. Right, right. And I think you're absolutely correct. And I think that Roman wants to build something now. He, you know, I think, I think that, that Frank is Roman's guy. Um, you know, he, he, he did it as a player. I'm guessing Roman was there as he did. It. Yeah, Roman yeah. was there <laughs> as a player. Again, that's my his, my uh, Chelsea history lacking. Um, and I think that uh, he finally has the guy he wants there. Now it's up to Frank to keep that, right? But you can see a style of play. You know, the, at the beginning of the season, I don't know if you saw it, but they had this big uh, AFTV debate with uh, – you know, some Chelsea YouTubers, of course, AFTV and some Man U guys on there. And they were talking to him about who's going to get sacked first, uh, Frank, Ollie, or Arteta. Well, now it looks like Arteta's gone by uh, January 1st if they, don't, if they don't beat us in the, you know, in the derby there. But... Uh, with Frank, you can see what he wants to do, a style of play, how we want to do things. He's got, you know, staff in place. He's got the right people. He's got the right players in place. With Ole, you don't really know. You know, they're going to be a counterattacking, maybe three at the back, maybe four at the back, depending on it. You don't really get that sense of style. This is This is what I'm all about. This is my style. And with Arteta, I generally have no clue what they're doing other than Aubameyang is down the left wing. Let's get the ball to him. So Frank is already levels above those two managers, and that's who he's getting compared with right now. I think he's already a level above those two managers, even though Ole finished above us, even though they had their squad than us. And I, I really think that, you know, if you look at Man U's squad, they should be in the top four because you have the likes of, uh, of, of Bruno Fernandes, even though I think he's a kind of, uh, I don't think he's as good as people give him think he is because I've seen him be, being, I've seen him 
Kovacic took him out of the game, and then somebody else did recently. If you if you play physical with him, he doesn't like it. Uh, but he, they have the talent that says we should be top four. Um, I just don't see the. Te- I see. I think they win in spite of their manager, not because of their manager. Right? Yeah, I think the thing that with Ollie that confuses me is everyone compares obviously the Arteta, Ollie, Lampard. Um, in terms of, oh, they're all inexperienced managers, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been managing for over 10 years. He's not exactly an inexperienced coach. So the mistakes that Arteta makes, the mistakes that Lampard makes, I underst- I, I, I don't really give, I wouldn't really give that, to, that sympathy to Oli because he has managed multiple teams. Yes, he's not managed a club like United, but you've still been in the game long enough to know so yeah, exactly. for me, that I, that that comparison always, I kind of throw that out the window and just leave it to Arteta Lampard. I think Arteta, he's in a poison chalice. I don't think he was ever going to succeed at Arsenal, whether he was the next big thing or not. Clearly, he's, there are issues in his game that he needed to improve. And I honestly think if he was at another club, He'd probably be doing a bit better, but I think it's, there's too many rotten eggs at Arsenal. There's too many just crap players at Arsenal, and then you've got a board that don't give a damn. So I'm just hoping if they get relegated, that would be so funny to see. But again, it would be a little bit sad to see a club like Arsenal just fall from grace. Yeah, but we've seen it before with Leeds and how, how many other clubs? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Imagine the Emirates Stadium in the championship. That That's a madness. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get rele- relegated. They still have too much talent on that team. Yeah. Um, even though they're not as good as uh, some of their fans like to think, I think Aubameyang is done, to tell you the truth. He just don't look happy anymore. Well, I think, he, again, if you look, if you bring up his goals per year, They've gone steadily down since he left Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good player. Does he get into Chelsea starting 11 when everybody's fit? No. Yeah, def- but, I don't, not at the moment especially. Does he get into Tottenham starting 11? Does he get into Liverpool starting 11? Man no. City's? I think this is the problem we had in the summer. I mean, I know we had links with him. I, I think we were semi-serious and then Werner popped up and we went all guns blazing for Werner. But right. I think the, the only team that were looking at him in the summer was Inter Milan. So I can understand why he signed the contract because he's like, well, no one's there for me. What can I do? So he signed the contract. I don't think he's happy to be at Arsenal still. And you can see yeah. it in his style and play and his face. You know, he, this is the guy who wanted to win Champions Leagues, who wanted to win Premier Leagues. I think he's happy uh, with a uh, FA Cup that a referee won for him. I don't think so. I wouldn't be. I, I saw him play at Borussia Dortmund. And fantastic talent. It's just like and had joy in the game. Every time he stepped stepped on the pitch, I just gone. He's a shell of himself right now. And that. And I don't know if that's because of the negative ta- uh, tactics by the by the manager, uh, 
but I think it all coincides. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're 15th in the league and you're Arsenal, you have to sack the manager. Yeah. It, it just, if Chelsea were 15th in the league, I'd be saying you have to, st- you have to sack Frank. Well, look at Sorry. Jose. Yeah. I mean, Jose, you could argue, was the best manager we've ever had and fans had the utmost sympathy for him. So if anything, he'd stay longer than Arteta, who isn't really even an Arsenal legend. No, I think he was at, wasn't he at Everton? Did he play at Everton too? He played at Everton for the majority of his career and went to Arsenal in the latter stages, but he wasn't like a great player. He was an okay player for him, and he was captain at one point, but it's like he wasn't a fantastic player. Right. So, you know, this coaching thing, it, it, I, again, fan base is just so reactionary. It's, oh, we, we don't win in spite of our manager. We win, we win because of the formation and the tactics he drills in and the talent that's on the field. You can't say that about Arsenal, and I don't think you can really say that about Manchester United. If, if you can't even put Donny van der Beek in, in your starting lineup, but play Scott McTominay and and uh, Fred. I'm sorry, you can't be a coach for Man United. That's just wrong. Ah, uh, don't. It's 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 nice to see because as long as both Arteta and Oli are at both of them clubs, we know they won't succeed. So that would yeah, be nice I, to see. I'd like to beat them at their best, not at their worst. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think I'll I'll be it'd be nice to beat Man City and Liverpool at their best. I think I'll be content with that at the moment. And I think we're going to get both of them this year, at least one time. Hopefully, I think Man City are are there for the take, and I don't think it's all happy over in Pep's camp right now. So I think we can get City. I think Liverpool again. It we won them things. It is next to the Champions League tie, so I feel like. One of them, I don't know. We'll see how it, how we are at that point, but I think hopefully we can get them. But we'll see. But yeah, but uh, Liverpool don't have still their, their depth is is. I mean, they already had no depth at all, but they're pushing the limits. And the, and the more games that come up, the more muscle injuries that will pop up. I don't see a full fully fit Liverpool squad that they have now, come February. Just because it's just not enough rotation. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah, we'll see what it's like when we get to that point, because everything can change very quickly. So we'll finish this podcast uh, here. Uh, it's been a nice long two-hour pod. Obviously, Mike and Josh did drop out halfway through to, due to technical difficulties. So. Uh, we thank them for coming on to the show, and Jesses, thank you for coming on to the show. Matt, thank you for having me on. I, you know, I've been missing in action because I moved, but I really do enjoy this a lot. So I, I do appreciate it. Yeah, it's very fun, and we've been a bit um, not too consistent over the last few weeks, but we will get better at that. We will be getting some decent content out for the next few weeks, especially over the Christmas break. Uh, And stay tuned, guys. Thank you. See you later.